Submission Coalition podcast number 25. 25. Can you believe that? Seems like just yesterday we were on 24. <laughs> and before, before you know it, we're going to be on 26. 26. But right now, it's 25 with none other than Hanato Tavares. We've met Hanato a while ago, and we have really come to appreciate and really like Hanato as a man, as a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, you know, he's just really turned into something special for us. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy. Hello. Hey, Hanato. Hey, did you bring a beer with you? <laughs> no, no, it's a kombucha. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's a first. <laughs> that's going to be jolly. Later, later, after this, after this. Yes. <laughs> oh. How you been? Finish, yeah, good, good. Just finished an hour live on the Instagram. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. nice. Yeah, you've been doing a lot, of, a lot of Instagram content. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's kind of the nice thing with the... Uh, with the, the quarantine stuff is that we're we're all getting an opportunity to really kind of uh, get involved in a little bit more of the social media stuff and kind of branch out a little bit more. Yeah, and I think it was great, you know, it's not great to have this quarantine and the virus, but it's great that uh, with this, we're able to do new things, you know, do uh, um, um, be able to do these lives, on the Instagram or Facebook or Zoom, you know, it's uh, it's really, really, really good. I have opportunity yeah. to do that. Yeah, it'll be nice to, to see if we can take these skills and, and translate it when we actually get to open up, which sounds like we might be able to do it soon. I think next week, I think that the, the, I saw the government push something today. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna tell about uh, what gyms tomorrow. And then I hope he clear for us next week. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping to. <laughs> we were talking about today. We're like, oh, we gotta get our plan together. <laughs> right. But no, it'll be interesting to see how we kind of meld the social media stuff, the new, you know, kind of new way, the Zoom classes and the social media stuff with the the, the classes that, that we do in the gym. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be really interesting and give us a little bit more um, options. Yeah, and, and I think when we start, Still have people that want to be comfortable to come to the gym. Right. Right. Yeah. And we can like put a live for them. And then they can see what's going on. They maybe they can do it in the house, you know. Yeah. And then we keep in contact with the students. Right. Well, because definitely with this whole COVID thing, it, it's been like 50-50. Half the people are like, look, just let me in the gym. And then and half the people are like, no. You know, we have to be, we have, you know, we have to make sure that we're keeping, you know, distant and everything else. And so, I mean, there, there definitely is a real number of people out there that, that, you know, this is a major concern for them. You know, yes. and then there's other groups that are just like, look, you know, I, I'll take my chance. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny because uh, they, oh, no, need to keep the social distance, but you see lines on the supermarket. Yep. You see yes. lines on the home people. You know, see lines everywhere, and then uh, Sam's, Walmart, and we cannot do anything, you know? Right. Why like, did they say, look, uh, I need to keep the distance uh, right now, like pretty much what they do with the phase one and two right now, they're supposed to do it in the beginning. 
you yeah. know, let people have a job, keep working, bad shops. Look, we just can work with uh, 25% of the people inside. Right. No, that I know like in the beginning, people just didn't know the way the transmission could be, how we can, couldn't get this stuff. But you know, like how many people lost their job right now? Yep. Like a bartenders, you know, people that work in restaurants, you know, how many people lose their job right now? And how many gyms already closed? Yeah. Oh, no? yeah. yeah. In we my city, zero. two gyms closed in my city here. Yep. Yeah. Same here. We have uh, one for sure that closed, and then we heard of another one closing. Now, now on some of those, like we were talking, I know some of those were strategic. That, like with us, we, we were talking with our landlord, and our landlord, you know, they're not working with us. You know, but luckily, you know, we've had some extremely gracious students and members of the gym that, you know, we're, we're fighting hard to stay active and stay here. And I know some of our people that we know, you know, within our region have basically said, you know, what my game plan is, I'm just going to close, don't pay rent, and in a couple months, see what happens. And maybe they'll reopen. Yeah, but that, uh, what, I did the same thing. I, uh, I didn't spoke to the Lord in the beginning. My first thing was talk to these students. You know, I said, look, this is going on. Uh, I know we don't know when we're going to be able to open, but you guys can keep paying the tuitions the, the and then they can uh, keep the gym open. If you cannot, no problem. You know, don't, right. don't worry about it. You can cancel. But the same thing, we have people that... Um, the first month, second month, pay us. Still have people pay us right now. The third month, and with that, was able to. I didn't pay both months of my rent. I paid one, and then last this week I negotiated. I negotiated for one right now. I said, look, I, I can't pay in uh, April. If you can push forward, you can divide this in three or four payments, and they push you August, September, and October. I'm gonna pay the the month of uh, April. And the other gym, the guy, the, the uh, landlord said, you guys don't need to pay. He already said that. That was good. Nice. That's nice. But I have two other gyms that we pay one month, and we didn't pay the next month, and then we need to kind of talk for them, see what's going on. But I'm going to say the same thing. Can uh, we divide this in four payments? Can you divide this in six payments? And you can push forward. Because if you're not, you're going to, going to close. Yeah. Right. Because yep. I have this one that I went there and spoke to them, and they pushed away uh, to pay in uh, uh, September, October, November, something like that. I told them, if if you don't, if I need to pay these two months, I don't have money now. I don't want to have no money. Right. And then what are you going to do? I'm going to do bankroll. And then you guys don't going to have money anyway. Right. And then if you give me a chance to pay later, you guys can have money. Yep. But if you don't, you're going to have no money. And you don't going to have nobody to rent the place right now. Yeah. And then you're going to lose twice. You're going to lose the money that already own you, and you're not going to make more money after that. Yeah, because who's going to open a business right now? <laughs> yeah, right. exactly, no? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so are you guys looking to open, like, right away as soon as the governor says it's a green light? Yeah, for me, I didn't open the gym yet because I'm inside the mall. Because uh, uh, Port St. Lucie, we kind of contact the students. And the students is okay with being together. We kind of have uh, just adults, not kids. Right. And they, yeah. they already start this week there. Uh, in, in Palm Coast, the same thing. Chance in the same thing. 
And then I have three gyms that start this week, and then Sebastian, too. Navajo and Sebastian start last week. Um, Jensen Beach start last week. Palm Coast in uh, Port St. Lucie start this week. And we hope to be free to start everything next week. But I, I have been, the people that have been paying me, I use their money to remote the gym. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Then I have the remote and I do the, the, the lounge area in the front, remove the, the mats because it was wasting space. In the middle of the, the gym, there was wasting space. Right. Then we move the mats a little bit. Now we, with the, the conditioning area, it's like three times the size it was before. Um, and then we kind of, when the students come back, they pay us. Gonna see, we did stuff for them to make yeah. the gym better. Yeah. And then we're going to do special. We have a lot of different ways we're going to deal with the students after this. Like people pay us, we're going to do private lessons, you know, free private lessons for them. Get a couple of hours. Well, this gonna, guy's going to have four hours of private lessons, the same privates. Um, we're going to do free seminars for the people pay us. For those that couldn't pay, no problem. Coming in at least twice a week, you can come to the gym, train to stress relief. When you be able to pay, we'll pay us. And we need to do that because these people that maybe cannot pay us now, they pay us before. Correct. Right. Well, yeah. We have what we have right now because this gym was pay us before. Right. And not because they cannot pay right now. Oh, I don't, now I don't care about you. You yeah. cannot do that. You know? no. like, people support us for so long. Now they maybe they couldn't give some money, but they, they like us. They don't know what's going to happen. They right. are certain what's going on, well, how long it's going to be closed, and how long this is going to take long time to recover, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take a long time for people to get back to work and, and, and be able to afford this awesome thing that we do. <laughs> yes. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you um, and kind of your jujitsu journey? Because, um, you know, not, not every, we obviously know who you are. But not <laughs> <Yeah>. everybody does. <laughs> well, because like, like, us being California side, um, I, I knew of you by name. And actually, my, my first introduction to you was I bought a gi from On The Mat, and it came with a free DVD that was one of yours. <laughs> so so that, that was, I, I'd already known, you know, who you were, uh, but this was my first, like, first time period on the California side of seeing more kind of like like you instructional styles things of that nature um and it wasn't until years later that i met you in the bullpen at one of the ibjjf tournaments um and and to be honest uh the first time i walked up to you because I, I already knew who you were and i remember i was telling melissa i'm like i looked down and i saw your belt and it was brand new and i told <laughs> melissa i go that is sneaky <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, the belt still has creases in it. I mean, yeah, it like, but that, that, that was the one I went a light belt because my weight was right there. Yeah. <laughs> you get a light belt to be able to compete. My belt was too heavy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I told Melissa, I was like, that's sneaky. I'm like, that belt looks like he just got promoted yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that was like, I make sure I make weight. I was gonna, and IBDF right now doesn't let you come with the belt to any like right. rhythm nothing can be the bad you know to be perfect belt yep. yeah 
So um, why don't you give us a little bit of like how you got involved in jujitsu and, and kind of a little bit about you. Yeah, I started jujitsu in uh, 1974. Woo! <laughs> I started I didn't even know it existed yet. <laughs> started doing jiu-jitsu in the, 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 the city there, Stereos Opus. I started the Academia Serrana with Jenny Rebelo and Elias Martins. And uh, the live I was talking have a little before, that time I started, the main thing was self-defense, you know, and we have jiu-jitsu, we have tournaments, but the main thing was jiu-jitsu for self-defense. Right. And we have open hands, even for kids, we have open hands thing to learn how to defend, how to use jiu-jitsu to control. And it's always about self-defense, never to attack anybody. And my first tournament was 1979. And then I was a small tournament in Stereosopolis, and then since there I have competing. Uh, I moved to Rio in 1988 to start under Carson Gracie. Now, how, yeah, how old I, were you when, when you moved to uh, uh, in 88? Oh, man. Maybe, madam, uh, 88. Now it's uh, 2032. 32 years ago was uh, 20 years old. 20, 20 years old. 20 years old when I moved there. Okay. And then I started training there in 88, and I got my black belt in 96. Nice. And then I moved to U.S. in 2000, moved, moved 2000, I came 2002, but I moved in 2003. And has been training forever. It's not going to be 45 years training this, 45, 46 years training this year. So your, your move to the U.S., was it with the idea of teaching jiu-jitsu when, when you came to the U.S.? Was that, was that yes. the motivation? Nice. Yeah, I was, I was teaching uh, South Brazil. By that time, in uh, 96, in um, 2001, and I have one student who was American student. He was training there. He was working in a factory there, and he would stay there for two weeks, come back two weeks to the U.S., and he said, oh, you want to come and teach uh, there in the U.S.? I went to Kentucky first. Okay. And then I said, yeah, for sure. Yeah, why not? And then he's like, oh, I'm going to put the gym together for you, have a place to stay, and then I have a car for you. And then I came. I did a PNMs that year, 2001, 2002, and then I stayed for Libardo for a little bit in America Top Team, before America Top Team. And that year, my father passed away, and then he go back to Brazil. And then 2003, I moved, moved to stay here, he came to America Top Team, and then 2000, from 2003 all the way to 2006, I was living in uh, South, uh, South Florida, training in America Top Team. 2006, I moved to Orlando. In 2007, moved to Vero. Nice. So what, what was it like that first time coming out? Um, I've never been, I haven't been to really that many uh, uh, states in the Midwest, but, you know, uh, there's definitely, Florida is a very different state than Kentucky, very different state than California. Uh, what was kind of your, your original reaction of coming out and, and going to Kentucky? Um, I went there the year before 2001. Actually, I came 2001 here two weeks after 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. For do seminars. And then I did seminar in uh, Kentucky. This guy got a sem couple seminars for me in Kentucky. I did seminar in Ohio. And then I came first to U.S. kind of to teach on those there, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee. Okay. 
And then for me, that was, <laughs> I, I went to California before and, and I came to Florida too, but it was kind of, for me, it was kind of new adventure, you know, go for new country. I came from like zero English. When I came here, just kind of, oh, teaching Jesus was pull, push, hold, here, there, <laughs> no, here. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, and then I, it's funny because after the seminars, people want to talk to me about, oh, how how was your your life in Brazil? How, and like, I'm sorry, my English just for teach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing. You know, and then it's low, and that was good good experience because stay there forced me learn English fast. Right. You know, because when I was in the, here in, in South Florida, a lot of Brazilians around, and you know, all the time speak Portuguese. There was no Brazilians. And by the time they didn't have like the internet like this, it was just fall, come fall, call my mom or call my, my, my girlfriend, now it's my wife. And didn't have this, able to do nothing like this. And then just right. kind of watching a lot of TV, a lot of movies with close captain. And the guy's like, look, if you want to learn in English, try learn at least three words, new words a day. Mm. Oh, even if they don't know the verb, nothing, but at least learning mm. new words and try put it right away in your daily thing, you know. And that's that helped me a lot for sure. Right. So with you know, because it, it's always one of those interesting things. You know, um, we, we we've been to uh, to Italy, and and within Italy, you know, there's Italian, but then as you go to different areas, just like in the U.S., there's English. But there's definitely different English as you mm -hmm. go from area to area. Like if you're in Louisiana, uh, if you're in like New Orleans or something of that nature, their their dialect, their speech is so distinct. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember did that one time. We went to Ken to Kentucky for a fight in 2006. The bartender came talk to me. I couldn't understand nothing. They didn't understand nothing what was going on. It's like, what, what? She's speaking English? What kind of English? Just, just let me turn their lights on. Just a sec. Oh, uh, there you got it. I'm back. There you go. <laughs> Looks like, what, you have like a motion sensor? Yeah, but I have like, the, the lights here are going to be, because the other was a, uh, because you start the stops outside here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was totally different. You no, know? like the, the the I have a place like in like you said, like if you go, I went to Portugal and the Portuguese from Portugal is totally different from Brazil, you no? Know? Right. Yeah. Well, that's where like uh, uh, a friend of mine was from the Azores, and that that was one of the things that he he talked about that. You know, he was saying that when 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 you go to like college or something and they're teaching you. Portuguese. He's like, that's not my Portuguese. He's like, the Portuguese from the Azores is completely different than, than the like the type of Portuguese that they're going to teach you in college or if you're trying to learn uh, the language before traveling like to, to Brazil or something of that nature. Yeah, when, when I, I, I learned English in, in Brazil is uh, what time is it? How are you? He's like, nobody uses it. It's like, what's up? Hey. I couldn't communicate. Right. <clears throat> See, and that, that was one of those interesting parts because uh, I went to Mexico. Um, I speak very little Spanish, um, but I went to a judo school. And because I've trained 
in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which, uh, you know, that there's times in there that they still use a, a decent amount, depending on where you're at, of the original Japanese terminology. Um, so, you know, if you're talking like you know, Newaza or if you're talking, you know, Jujikatami, you know, things of that nature. So I went to this judo school. They didn't speak English. I spoke very little Spanish. But by the time I was done, at the end of that week, we were communicating with kind of our own blend of English, Spanish, and terminology from judo. And so by the by the by the time the week was done, we we you know it felt like we were actually communicating pretty pretty well. Nobody else would understand us, <laughs> but <laughs> you know. But but it was a blast when you know when I went down and trained with that judo club. You know they laughed. You know all the kids laughed at me when when I first went in. You know I was getting thrown around. I'm not a judo. You know I'm not a judoka. You know I, I know enough judo to 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 not not even be scary, but. You know, when they were throwing me around, they were they were all laughing and, and cheering and everything else. Um, then when we hit the ground, you know, uh, that that's where definitely uh, I shined a little bit more than them in the uh, in the Newaza. But you know, it was definitely an interesting scenario where the art itself became our way of communicating. Mm -hmm. You know, while we were there, which was which was really cool. You know, I, I, it's something I want to experience a little bit more. I, uh, it's kind of on my wish list to to travel the world and get to train in different schools around the world and experience their culture through this art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to Portugal for European and it's, it's, it was a great experience too. You know, I didn't went to no, I didn't went to the school, but just the people where you interact on the tournament was pretty nice. You know, people from 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 uh, Europe there, I can make friends there. I have a guy that uh, I compete with him on the first year and I compete against him in the second year. And after we compete, we went out to to, to get some beers and eat. Mm -hmm. and no, like we have a, we create a, a really good uh, friendship right away, you know? And uh, he, he's from England. And okay. in the beginning, he has the, 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 the accent too. It's like, oh, what? <laughs> then, then after start getting his the way he was talking, and we still talk to each other. Nice. Yeah, I think that that's actually kind of a cool thing about this sport in particular is is especially in the masters division, not as much in the adult division, but masters division, uh, you see a lot more of that camaraderie after competition. You know, even though you guys just battle, you know, you I know Dave's got some friends, I've got some friends that I've competed against, and that was like our first time we met was in competition and it didn't matter who won afterwards we were you know super friendly and and still friends to this day yeah the, the guy who was doing the live before this uh andre i have competed for him since 98 1998. Oh, wow. yeah we competed in rio uh brasileiro in rio and i competed for him in uh 2002 i believe on the nationals here and I competed, I think I competed for him about eight times. Nice. Well, when, when we were at Master Worlds in July, or August, sorry. August, yeah. When we were at Master Worlds in August, I was in the bullpen getting ready to, uh, getting ready to compete. And I, I saw a guy uh, came over to me and, you know, he asked me, he goes, hey, he goes, you're, you're Dave Lawson, right? And I was like, yeah, I know you are. Um, you're, uh, you're Billy Ray Chubbs. And he goes, yeah, that's right. We competed against each other in 1999 
wow. uh, in California. And uh, that was my second match that day. Um, you know, I've, I competed a little bit before, but never in like a bigger type of tournament. Um, and that was uh, Caesar had just launched the uh, the Gracie Open in California in '99, and I was I was Billy Ray Chubbs' first match ever in competition. You know, so it it was really kind of cool that I, you know here I am seeing him in you know in 2019, you know in Las Vegas, and we competed in 1999. You know, and that, you know, it, it, we, we still stuck out in each other's memories so much. You know, we're, we're still Facebook friends, you know, with each other and everything else. That, I mean, that, that much time has gone by, you know, and we still found each other significant enough that, you know, that here, here we are. I mean, I, how many years is that? You know, 99 is two, that's, that's almost 30 years. 20, yeah, 21 years. Yeah, 21, sorry, yeah. I mean, that, it's, it's amazing. I mean... Yeah, and yeah, we're 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 pretty good friends with uh, with with quite a few of your your affiliations. Um, you know, like uh, we were we, we met Mike Budnick through a mutual friend. Um, so I think he was one of the first that we really got a chance to uh, to meet uh, both on and off the mats. You know, kind of building friendships with him, um, even training at uh, at the academy up at uh, Palm Coast you know, up there, which we were there for the uh, fundraiser seminar for Bakudo. Uh, uh -huh. We're getting ready to launch that gym, which now I understand that's uh, Jason, uh, Jason yeah. Harris, uh, yeah. Red Panda is, is mm -hmm. running that academy now, which actually, if I saw correctly, they're actually moving into a new location. Yes, yes, yeah. So that that's pretty nice. I, I'm assuming that's an expansion for them that they're growing and yes. uh, getting a little bit more space. That's awesome. And I, 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 when uh, he got to the Bikudos place and he wants the other place, but because you have a, a contract, we need to wait until the right. contract finish. And but he's kind of oh, always wanted that place, you know. And right now he was able to get, and it's bigger. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good for him there. Nice. So how how many affiliations do you have overall? Uh, gonna put a number here, but I'm not sure because, like you know, have we have a uh, Europe and have a lot of places. Probably like 28 locations. Oh, nice. nice. How, how often do you get a chance to, like you were just mentioning, you've got some affiliations in Europe. So I'm, I'm assuming you travel, you know, quite extensively. I know you and I have tried to schedule some stuff before in the past, and that was part of the fun was you're like, oh, that, that week I'm in this state. And, and then on this day, I'm going to be in, in, in here. And yeah, usually I travel twice a month. Usually. Okay. That's not bad. But right now is uh, for this when I can no travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I have uh, Portugal, no Portugal, no. I have a uh, Poland that I go there once a year. I have Mexico that I go twice a year. Okay. And I have a Honduras that I try to go once or twice a year too. And there are others here in the local. And here in the US, we have Oklahoma, uh, Kansas, Missouri, Dallas. Uh, they have one in Dallas, Texas. They have one uh, Keeling in Texas too. Florida, we have about 11 gyms around. Yeah. There's an association. Then uh, it's pretty good. Like, I, I travel a lot. Especially when I have a, have the tournament too, that usually we go, you know, Pan Ams, uh, Master Worlds, European. Then I always try 
But it's just the life that I like to do. You know, I love teaching. Right. I love, uh, you know, be with people and and be able to share experience and share, you know, um, the math, and learning for other people too. You know. So, I mean, you've been doing this for for a really long time. Um, when when you first started, um, what what do you think was was the was what do you think got you into jujitsu? What what kind of drove you towards? I mean, martial arts is one of those. I'm I'm the first in my entire family to to do martial arts, and I think a lot of them didn't quite understand. You know, I, I was very driven when I got that that desire to do it. Um, was it something with you know? Did your family already train in the arts, or what? How did you end up getting into it? I'm the first one to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the city there where, where I live, uh, I have some uh, breathing problem. I was like, the doctor said, oh, you need to do some uh, sports. And they put me to do, uh, was swimming in the beginning. My, my city was in the mountain, and that time they didn't have a heat in the pool. And then winter time, I couldn't swim. And mm-hmm. then the doctor recommend start training jiu-jitsu. And then I was kind of training jiu-jitsu for doctor recommendation. Oh, wow. Gotcha. <laughs> and that time, like, Jiu-Jitsu wasn't nothing compared to what it is today. It was kind of small. See, they have one here. has Teresopolis, Rio, because the Gracie family is there. In Petropolis, have another guy there. But the Gracie family has a house in Teresopolis. They were training. I went there a couple times. But I started training because the doctor recommended you to, to do a, some kind of sports. And then in the wintertime, I couldn't do uh, swimming. And then I started doing Jiu-Jitsu. Right, nice. Yeah, because with mine, like I said, I, I, I mean, for, first of my family, you know, my, my family was big into uh, American football. Um, you know, so my, my, my brother played football, started making, you know, he, he was a uh, uh, NFL hopeful. And so, you know, I, I started getting, I got the bug for martial arts, I think 1978 is, is when I, I kind of got the bug. Um, but, you know, Japanese jujitsu didn't really even exist in in my area. Um, it was Taekwondo. That was that, that was about the only martial art I could find. You know, if if I could get my parents maybe to drive me two hours, you know, maybe I could find you know kung fu or or something like that. But yeah, so ni- 1978, I got into uh, Taekwondo in our little little community, um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think much of my family really kind of understood, you know, that, that, cause I, I felt martial arts. I didn't, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, I want to go do martial arts. I almost felt like a pulling, you know, inside of me that, and as I started to do it, it just got deeper. It was one of those things where I, I couldn't stay away from it. It, it. The more I did it, the more I wanted it, the more, the more it, be, it physically became like part of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to the, to the point where now um, I, I'm not even sure if I exist without it. You know, it's <laughs> we don't. We right. don't. <laughs> when I get an injury and I cannot come to the gym or cannot roll, my 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 mood, my wife want to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took a tiny break. He took a small break, like for a year, where he he was he was feeling guilty because this was before I started training. He was feeling guilty because he was away from me Our and the baby and stuff like so. that. 
And after about two months, I'm like, you got to go back. <laughs> yeah. You got to go back. <laughs> she, she told me, she's like, I like you when you train. I don't like you when you don't. I, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like this person right now. I, I like, I like you when you train. <laughs> yeah. It's like for us, you know, it's part of your life. You know, it's like a take something out. Like right now is what happened with the coronavirus. You know, we, I miss so much being with the students, you know, like yeah. a, no handshake, hug, you know, sweat. I, I, I'm able to training at least three times a week here. I brought the match to my house and then have a couple guys like Bikuru come. Right. Chupala usually come, Mike's coming. And we're able to train at least three, four times a week, but it's not the same, you no. Know? Like we want to be with your students. You want to be, you know, yeah. for the, the environment there that you, after training, we sit there and talk and laugh and, you know, deal with the students. That we, I miss so much. Right. Well, and I end up worrying about some of the students too, because I know that this is a huge part of their mental health. Well, it's our, it's our mental health. Well, it's our mental health, but right. at least we have each other. We can, we can right. still train and stuff. But there's some people that, that can't train at all that really need it, like on a, on a very epic level. They, they mm -hmm. need that. And, uh, and, you know, we've been doing a lot of check-ins with, especially the people that we, we, we have concerns of, you know, just, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Because, you know, a lot of it is, is like you said, it's that, it's that contact, that, that camaraderie that everybody is, is missing. And Zoom, it's, it's cool and all, but it's not the same. You can't hug through Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like it's, it's, uh, today I saw Melissa. Like Melissa didn't came to the the, the gym. This to I didn't have no contact with her. Right. This time and today I went there picked up a key for her, and she's like first thing she's like give me a hug, give me a hug. Right. I need a hug. You know, like it's, it's imagine, so many so many people need it right now. You know, be yeah. there. Yeah. At least be there in the environment. Like we can talk to each other, and and, and I think gonna be different. You no, know, after this I think you got. Um, Usually for us in, in jiu-jitsu, we're already close, but I think going to be even more, you know? Yeah, I agree. Going to try to get a more events together, like barbecues and hangouts right. more in the gym, you know? That's why I did this new area for the lounge there. I want to give opportunity for people to stay more inside the gym, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and that, that is one of the, the interesting parts. I mean, is when I trained in other arts, uh, when I trained in Taekwondo, there, there's a camaraderie there but it wasn't the same. I trained Okinawa and Gojuru. Now, luckily with that, the, the family that I met, uh, we are still you know, deep friends with in that regard. But when I look at how many other students came and went, it's a small number that we're still in connection with. And then translate that into the group that trains jujitsu. And that group is much tighter. That group, now, I'm not even so sure I can name five friends that I have that are outside of jiu-jitsu. They're mm -hmm. all connected in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that, that's kind of how tight that, that whole group is. So, I mean, for, for a lot of us, this was far more than a sport, far more than a martial art. You know, when, when, when they talk about, you know, jujitsu being a community and the like, I mean, it's, I mean, even that, I don't think does it justice, you know, when, when you really look at, because I've never felt that kind of camaraderie in other martial arts that I've done. And I've dabbled in just about every martial art under the sun. And some of them I've actually invested some decent time into. 
and it just didn't have that connection like like jujitsu does. No, um, it's different. Okay, and, and this is um, I think came, you know, the the Brazilian culture, you know, because there in Brazil is was super tight. Uh, Carson Gracie, I remember we went there, we training uh, an hour and a half, sometimes two. And we sit there for another 30, 40 minutes just mm-hmm. to sit and talk and then hang out together, you know. And then during the week, we, we, we get go out together. And then on the vacation, we go have a trip. Everybody see each other in another place. And it create that. I think you just grow, create that, that, that vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. That's brought from Brazil, like Rio, you know. There's always everybody together in clothes, go to the beach, everybody on the beach together. Right. And travel together and then this came to us with that kind of mentality you know to be not just a martial art but be a family right well it, it is one of those things we we've talked about it that uh you know in in some of the other sports there, there's a lot of your training that's very personal um like when, when i was doing okinawa goju there, there's a lot of the time that that we're all in the building together but we're still we're separate you know, we're, we're standing, we're doing kata, we're throwing punches and kicks and things of that nature. And then there's a portion of it that's interaction. Jiu-jitsu starts immediately touching, invading that personal space and building a trust, you know, that, you know, as we say, I mean, you know, we joke about slap bump before we roll, things of that nature. We're like, we just formed a contract with each other. And that contract says that I'm not going to try to injure you. You're not going to try to injure me, but we're going to push each other to, to, to the limit mm-hmm. in, in friendship. We're, we're, we're going to politely try to murder each other. Um, <laughs> but, but we've made that contract though, that says if it looks like something bad is about to happen, that we're, we're willing to let our egos go and back, back away from it. You know, because we, we've made that bond with each other, that trust mm-hmm. that, that's there. And that, that's a day one thing, you know, and it only gets stronger as you go. That, like I said, it was never there. In some we need time. each other to learn, you know. You don't want to mm-hmm. be learning anything if you don't have the other person to be there to help you. Yeah. And that's, I think, it create this, this uh, and I think that uh, not just this trust you need each other, because in judo, you kind of need the other, but it doesn't doesn't have that connection. It's right. different. Right. You know, like a judo, like all the, the martial arts that you, you need to throw somebody and do stuff, but it doesn't doesn't have that the, the lifestyle that jujitsu has. You know. Right. Right. Then I think that that's a, the big big different point in jujitsu, and then that's what we need to keep when we teach. You know, we need to teach those. New generations, the jiu-jitsu is not a martial art. It's not just right. a sport. You know, it's something else. It's bigger than that. Yeah. Well, I think anybody who's done it for any length of time at all, and I mean, you you have to understand that. You have to, it has to, it gets to that point. Um, I think it does take the newbies a little bit of time, the white belts a little bit of time to kind of get that. I, I, we've had a couple that have come in and, and instantly, you know, they just like mesh into the family and, um and all of that, but it, it, it's hard to explain to somebody from the outside. And then it's, it's, uh, it's nice to see when a person come to the gym and they shine, maybe like kind of, and then like you see the person two months later, it's like a totally different person. Oh, right. yeah. There, hug each other, and even even have more 
relation with the other, the other students that the others already there for a long time. Yeah. I have a lot of like Edwin that is a the black belt here, that a black belt last year. He said he doesn't have friends, like you said, doesn't have friends outside anymore. You know, right. He was volleyball player. He played volleyball for a long time in the sand, sand volleyball. Now he just want to do jujitsu. All his friends from jujitsu. Right. Yeah, and that and that's a real that's a real big a real big thing. Um, you know, because I mean the, the more I the more I train with the group, um, I mean the, the more I mean we, we throw around the term family a lot. I mean jujitsu schools and, and martial arts throw around family a lot, but it really does become so much greater. You know, like I said, when you, when you've when you've spent that much time, and I, I don't really want, I mean, the term intimate's a weird one because it's not intimate in that way, but the struggle that you've shared with somebody on the mat, the process you've seen them develop as a human being from that shy introvert to a, a confident person, um, you know, it's it, 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 there's a much bigger bond that definitely and have forms. it the other way around. Have the people that are super evil guy, right? Right, right. He's got to, the guy get it there. Always, and it's like two things or you're gonna change or you're gonna get a hurt here <laughs> because yeah. they come, they come like they the, the, want to muscle everybody. Your names you know, need to be relaxed. You know, here's nobody's your, your, your opponent here, everybody's right. They have the two strings. You know, the person is very shiny. The one is like kind of thinking like the eagle is there. Now I'm going to keep him here. I cannot tap. And they change. They, they uh, get it together in the mirror, you know? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now, now, over the years, you've seen, uh, you've seen a change in jiu-jitsu. Like I said, when you first started, it was very self-defense oriented. Um, in the U.S., especially in the U.S., the birth of jiu-jitsu to most Americans was MMA. So the early days of, of jiu-jitsu, it was hard to separate MMA from jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu from MMA. They were mm -hmm. so intertwined with each other. Um, what, I mean, cause you've, you've seen it from, from very early on into now, um, you know, what, what's that transition been like? you know, for you that you've seen, especially more when it hit that MMA time period um, and, and really hit that portion of its history. Yeah, the, 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 that time, because they, the, as you said, when people start understand what Jiu-Jitsu was, was from Royce Grace and the UFC, and plus before all the Graces challenged different martial arts to prove that Jiu-Jitsu is, bad, is better than the other one. Right. And then uh, that time was, even in Brazil, you see that, that, that a lot of people that was just kind of pure jiu-jitsu turned to uh, want to do MMA too because they see opportunity maybe to make more money, you know, mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu. By the time you couldn't make no money. Now, like, you, you can make money for jiu-jitsu, competing in jiu-jitsu, you know, like your high-level guys can compete in jiu-jitsu and make some money right. with the events, special events. But I see a little bit of... Uh, turning back on the kind of self-defense, especially the big gyms, you know, they, the programs they have for, for beginners, they bring back the self-defense part. And I think it's important because Jiu-Jitsu is, it is self-defense. And then most of you come to the 
the gym, they want to build in confidence. They don't want to build confidence in competition. Right. They want to build confidence to learning uh, art. They're going to be able to defend them outside. Somebody try to come attack them, try uh, maybe come and uh, push them or talk to them. They know, like, man, don't, don't come. And they're going to confident enough just to talk. They don't even touch the person. Because I remember when I was probably 12 years old or maybe 10, I was doing jiu-jitsu. I have these open hand things. And then uh, I have a situation that uh, this, this kid came to my house. I didn't know him. I was a friend of another friend. And he started pushing people. Hey, man, okay, could you stop? Like, you're in my house. I don't know you. Just stop. Just stop. You know, you're in my house. I don't know you. And then he's just swing. I drop, put him down, get him in the kimura, hold him down. I was like, man, okay, you're going to stop. I'm going to break your arm. No, no, you're going to stop. You gotta stop. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. I let it go. He did again. And then I put it even faster. Put it down. <laughs> same thing. Put a lot of pressure in his arms. Say, look, you can feel, I can break now. Oh yeah, yeah. If you do it again next time, I'm not gonna let you know. I'm gonna break your arm. And then uh, after, everything's okay. But I think jujitsu now start come back, have more self defense, and I think it's important have like the, the self defense part because people come more to learning something. Not most of the people are not gonna compete. You know. Right. And, and of course, the, the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, beyond the mat, create this family, create this tribe, you know, is awesome. But I think it's important we give them something else that is the self-defense part. They can be confident enough to situation can happen that the, the, the outside they can, they can deal with, you know, especially for kids. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, we run a bullyproof program and, and it's all um, jiu-jitsu self-defense in the bullyproof because jujitsu is nice in self-defense, especially at the school age kids, because there's, we're not teaching them to strike back at that point. We're teaching control, you know, control, limit damage to yourself while controlling the other person and, and then try to get help at that mm. point. So I, I think jujitsu lends itself really, really well to, to real self-defense where you're not being the aggressor. You're, you're defending yourself um, and just trying to control the situation. Yeah, because you, if you really want to attack, you can make a crazy damage. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. You know, like you see a lot of like, uh, people's findings. Sometimes the guy get able to get somebody in the arm bar or knee bar or something like that. Man, you see, I can break your, can break your arm. I can dislocate your knee. Can, can you stop now? The person, yeah, because they see right. that, you know, they really can do a big damage there. Yeah, because it's, it's one of those things. Like, it's when, when I started... Uh, like you said, the, the, the explosion hit with the Gracie in action videos showing some of the, the, the American challenge matches that they did. And that even included some of the old video footage of like uh, the matches against Zulu and, and, and some of the matches from Brazil. But most of it was showing the challenge matches of, of some of the uh, American schools. And then obviously the, the UFC hit the scene. And so when when my first introduction to jujitsu started, I, it seemed like everybody that was walking in wanted to fight. E everybody walking on the floor, you know, was, was all about, you know, it wasn't even MMA yet. It was, it was still no holds barred or NHB. Um, and that, that, but that was the driving force. I mean, that was, that was what everybody wanted to do. And even back then, the differentiation between gi and no gi or gi didn't exist either. 
You know, it's, it's you were coming in, you, you were putting the gi on and you were training. And now there's so many different, you have the groups that are pure no gi players. You have the groups that, that are devout gi. You have groups that do both. Uh, you have groups that, uh, unfortunately, you see some infighting going on on, on Facebook, especially where, where people are trying to say, yeah, well, this group's jiu-jitsu is not legitimate because their sport style, they don't do self-defense. And this group's legit because they do self-defense and they don't do sport. And there's, you know, is that the, the growth has been so massive over the last 20 years that you, you start to see these, these different factions starting to, to splinter off to where, the, you know, they're even pointing fingers at each other, you know, of, of even saying who's even jiu-jitsu anymore. Um, and now you're, you're seeing groups trying to claim that they're a different style now, which I, th I think is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. To me, it's all, it's all under the umbrella. Um, you know, it, it's just, they're just competing against a different rule set. Yeah, um, but this, this, I think it's more marketing. It's not mm -hmm. even, exactly. because, you know, they want to put the name there, like the, the American Jiu-Jitsu thing. It's, it's, no, it's just to marketing, to like uh, people talk about him and then he can promote more. Right. That's it. No, it's not nothing different than that. He just want to put his name there. There's now we we gonna create this different jujitsu. There's American jujitsu. He just wanted the attention for him that he can sell more and make more money. That's it. Right. No, nothing different. That's a marketing thing. That's this. He learned it from Lloyd. You know, that's what he's doing right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, the uh, the Gracies were brilliant marketers. Yeah. The whole UFC thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it, was yeah, a, it, was, it was definitely a big roll of the dice, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you put that out there. I mean, they, they could have gone a much easier route, you know, putting in like Hickson or, or, or even one of the bigger, bigger brothers, but going with, with Hoist at the time, you know, and legitimately speaking, when you're looking at like, like the first UFC, when you're looking at guys like Ken Shamrock, you know, that, that were in there, there's a lot of unknowns. You know, when, when you're looking at it, I mean, that's, that is a lot of confidence in and of itself, you know, as mm -hmm. to the effectiveness of the art and, and, and truly, you know, what, what it was going to be capable of. Yeah. You that know? was the, the ego mindset, you know, you know, like want to prove that the skinny guy can be the big ones. Right. And he like, that was like when they started, he was pretty much this like, oh, let's put Royce, because Royce is like a, doesn't look like a athlete at all. And he's gonna make a lot of damage, you know, gonna gonna get a lot of people. But for sure, on the second phase, could bring somebody a little more athletic, you know, like Higgs or right. something. Well, and that was one of those things because I very early on, my, my parents, I got lucky. My parents had one of the really big satellite dishes. So when when the UFC was hitting the scene, that was definitively through I think UFC four, maybe UFC five, that was definitively Hoist. That was that that was his 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 area. Hickson got pride for for the first couple events, and then out here it seemed more like in this area you had uh, the group coming up through Miami. There's uh, what was it? Uh, Battlecades, extreme fighting, or something of that nature. And so that was kind of the that was kind of the vehicle that really launched more the the florida mma uh and jiu-jitsu scene because mm -hmm. um, that was the vehicle that was my first time seeing uh guys like uh mario sperry and uh and some of that group 
coming up through specifically it was Battle Cades Extreme. I think it was Extreme Fighting. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was that was my first introduction going, you know, going, whoa, wait a minute. This is more than just Southern California. You know, th this is this is truly uh, an explosion that's about to take place. Yeah. And now, now I was crazy this the size of the not just the MMA, the Jiu Jitsu too, Jiu Jitsu by right now it's like it's huge. It's everywhere, you know. I mean it's uh, it's, uh and gotta give it bigger. It's growing everywhere. Well, and, and yours is a name as we meet more and more people and we're, we're, I love people hearing how people got into the sport and the like, and especially as we're out here in Florida, your name pops up quite a bit in a lot of the origins of people that we talk to. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be talking with uh, uh, Ricardo Laborio. Um, his is another name, very strong, very, you know, very early in the growth of, mm -hmm. of jiu-jitsu a very well respected your name is another one that that's very strong in that history and and growth again as another well respected member of of that that first wave mm -hmm. of, of jiu jitsu to hit the states um does it ever at, at times i mean does, does it ever become something like the you know they, that you've ever contemplated on of just really what kind of impact you've truly had on on the sport in general and on on the art here in the states when we came, like the the was a big group came together, you know, for 2002, 2003, a big group came together, and we we even lived together, have a house, they have 30 fighters. Oh wow! Okay. We call it the Big Brother House. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have 13 guys living there, and then we a big wave of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys came, but and then have guys from boxing, from Muay Thai from wrestling, came, training together, and then we kind of really be, be, uh, building a really big team on America Top Team in the beginning. We have over, I think in 2003, we have about 30 fighters. Wow. Yeah, like, you know, like 13, 14 from Brazil. And then uh, guys start bringing friends to come training because you start, the sports start growing. You see people see opportunity to make money in, in MMA and then, I remember, like when we moved for the first gym, it was the big one, the first one before they moved to the other one. We have about fifty fighters. Wow. Yeah, and then a lot and, of new and, people. And that's when you're saying that you guys had fifty fighters, I mean, you guys were really active, you know. In and and I, I don't want to say aggressive, but you guys were very active. I mean, of, of, I mean, any challenge that would come your way, I mean, you guys would, would take it. I mean, so the definition, when you guys say fighters, I mean, you guys were, 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 were definitely, I mean, it's not like today fighters are, are picky, you know, about. Oh, when when we went to that, that camp there, the, the deal is, if you want to come here, you want to train hard, you're going to fight. Right. You know, hey, come here to hang out. If you want to hang out like the second week you're out. Yeah, and then I remember the, the the training was crazy because we did a conditioning morning. Uh, we have actually do judo jiu jitsu in the morning and then do conditioning and come back to training and come back to do uh jiu jitsu at night. We have four sessions a day, nice. And then it's like you guys gonna be here, that's gonna train. And if, in the thing in the beginning, it was even like a lab, you know, let, let's test what's gonna work. We, we did a crazy, crazy training, crazy, like, but. Work well, you no. Know, I did my first fight. I was, you know, was 35 years old. My first MMA fight, you no, know, and was one my, was really good shape because we prepare. I was training for them for a year and a half. I think when I did my first fight, 
Wow. Well, uh, what organization did you fight with? I fought uh, uh, WEC. Oh, WEC. Okay. Okay. Yeah. WEC. And then after they created the, 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 the AA, uh, what's the other one? Absolute Fight Championship. They are, they're the American Top Team create. Absolute Fight. AFC. AFC, too. Like they create okay. AFC. And then I fought uh, the World Extreme Fire fought once. The first, my first fight. And then after I fought about seven times in the AFC. Actually, no. Six times in the, five times in the AFC. I fought one time in Japan and I fought one time in Oklahoma. Wow. So when, when you fought WEC, was that California side? No, I did in uh, Indiana. Okay. okay. Yeah, I did in Indiana. Nice. And you, you said you, you had a fight over in Japan? Yeah, 40 Manari in Japan. Okay. Because I know, uh, so like right now, they just had the fights in uh, Jacksonville. And, you know, people were talking about one of the major differences because there's no spectators. So it's, it's, a, it's a quiet venue, you know, which I, I actually enjoy. Um, you know, so I, I have to imagine all your previous fights that you had, like Oklahoma and everything else, rowdy crowds, everything else. And then you go to Japan that's a different kind of audience. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like they don't have big ground, uh, but no, the respect there is, is crazy. You no, know? like the, the people, you walk there, people just us, us, us. You, doesn't matter if you win or look, people want to autograph, want to talk for you, want to take a picture with you. They respect so much fighters there. It's like it's, it's crazy, it's different, totally different. You know, the respect they have for the fighters there, it's like a you're king. You know, it's like you're king for them. You know. Well, that and during the uh, the fight itself, generally speaking, you know, at least most of the stuff I've seen, the the fights in Japan, you know, the crowd's not they're not roaring and cheering and things like that. When they see a good technique, you know, then you'll you may you may hear something briefly, mm -hmm. but they're they're more just I mean just taking it in and just really, you know, just really watching. And enjoying what's going on without you know and so how was that as as a fighter having that kind of difference when when you went over there um yeah, when when we inside the ring you don't kind of pay attention what's going on outside you know because it's just like kind of you kind of focus on the the fight but i watch all the fights and i see like the other stuff like they watch the stuff and then oh yeah. and then stay calm like silence yes oh silence Right. So much respect. Like I said, they, this is respect, you know. They don't say kill him, break him, nothing like this. Right. They just want to appreciate a fight. And then I fought one time, it was super fight in um, St. Louis. That was kind of, they, they, they kind of did that way too, you know. They keep like very respectful and it was, was nice to see a fight like this here, you know. Right. Not too much screaming, not too much like people was kind of just when you see something exciting, ah, and it's gonna stay calm. You know, right, what, yeah. Pretty nice. But it but was expensive, it wasn't cheap, and then we see the kind of people who went there to watch, it was totally different people, you know? Right. Yeah, true. Yeah, because my, my absolute favorite MMA shows didn't serve any alcohol. Th those, those were some of my absolute favorite, because the, uh, the crowd seemed legitimately there mm -hmm. to support the, the the fights and to enjoy the fights nobody you know obviously 
all, all the events I've ever been at that have a lot of alcohol and the like, you know, there's so many fights that break out in the audience itself that like we, we were at, I, I forget which UFC it was by number, but it was uh, St. Pierre against Matt Hughes for the second time. Uh, so GSP gets the title that night and we did not get to watch the fight. We're there live and we didn't get to see it because a fight broke out right behind us. Wow. And so we, we spent the rest of the night dealing with that and we didn't even get to get it. We got to hear the oohs and ahs and then we got to watch the, you know, the, the GSP's hand get raised, but we didn't get to watch the fight at all. You know, simply, simply because of fight, fights in the crowd. I mean, yeah, that is, yeah, he's different, no? especially like you said, you have alcohol. After two hours drinking, you know, bad things gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what what's one of your favorite moments? I mean, you you've, you've got such an incredible history in the art. Is there anything that stands out in your mind um, as just one of those one of those moments in in any aspect of of your career that? that just, you know, you still look back on and go, wow, that was, that was incredible. Yeah, I think like the, the you know, competing the first world championship here, like I said, as a master awards was a moment. 2016, I have two moments in 2016. Because when I competed Pan Ams, uh, I want to win that fight to announce they're going to have a, uh, my daughter. And then it was a special moment, you know, and I was even talking to the guy, I have the live with the guy today. And I said, man, I was so tense on that fight that I, I, I did advantage and then I didn't move at all because I didn't want to lose. I want to make sure I win to announce that my, my, my daughter going to be born. And then the world championship that year too was another, another good moment because I didn't know if I was going or not. My, my daughter supposed to uh, born that weekend. And then I went to the doctor Wednesday or Tuesday and he goes, no, no problem, you can go. And then I went next day, I travel, and then I compete, I come back. Next day, went to the hospital, and then my my uh, my daughter born. And it's like, I think, first Mundial in these two events in 2016 was kind of really marked on me. And my first MMA fight, too, you know. My first MMA fight was uh, something that I never wanted to do MMA fights, you know, not in my mind. But I always have this in the back of my mind. One time I was sitting in the... Carson Grace uh, Lodge there, and he said, a real black belt need to be, need a, a step on the mat at least one time. Mm. Need to prove yourself inside there. And then again, when I came to, to, to Florida, the guy said, oh, I have this fight for you. That stops giving my mind, I want to do this, at least one, you know? And after that, I did seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was, uh, it's, it's, it's but I, it's something that I need to do, you know, like it's something that Carson was the person that uh, influenced a lot in my jiu-jitsu, you know, as, as the, the style of jiu-jitsu, mindset to be, you know, a warrior when you're on the match, stuff like this. And then uh, I, I say, when I have that stuff in my mind, I say, I need to do it. I need to do it. Well, just one. Just right. to see what it is. And, and then... Because I was teaching, you say, but it's teaching one thing. But if I never step there, I don't know, you know. But as soon as I step, and then it's kind of, I start to understand more. But when I did MMA, I was more calm. My first fight was more calm than I was doing jujitsu. <laughs> mm. 
And then it's like, man, how how is this possible? And after I figure, how is it supposed to be so calm? But the train was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It was good. You know, like, uh, that was my, my moments in that for the, my first MMA fight. This true events in 2016. You know, it's like stuff to like mark in my mind. Nice. And then um, so we're we're coming kind of coming to the uh, to the end here. We're we're about an hour in. Um, so if, if you had an opportunity to, as we've said at, at some of our stuff, to to kind of go back in time and give yourself any piece of advice. What would that be? I think uh, um, enjoy more jujitsu, you know, because like sometimes, like when we're young, we just think about the the, the fight aspect of the 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 the, the, the fight, the the, the art. Jujitsu is, is is so much bigger, you know. Like kind of, there's times I talk to my students, uh, and sometimes I do some lives uh, or some videos on the, uh, Instagram. Use jujitsu to learning how to live. You know, like the lessons you get on the mat. You know, the, some days you go there and get a disappointment, you get a discouraged, but you come back the next day and you, you, you do look to do better and then you improve. And, and use those things to motivate you. Get, and then set up a goals, you know. Then mm -hmm. if I couldn't tell me this before, I think right now I could be better. Even, even this, the, the, the business side too, you know. I think that could be... Enjoy jiu-jitsu and make people enjoy jiu-jitsu as a lifestyle. Because I remember when I came here, I came to the Carson Grace Metal. And for a long time, I was doing the Carson Grace training style. And I, I'm sure I pushed a lot of people out to be too hard on people, want them to be super strong and, and be good in jiu-jitsu and not really make them enjoy the, the art. You know, I think that's the, the thing that I, I couldn't come. If I couldn't come back and tell me, look, Enjoy jujitsu more and make sure you pass this message to make your students enjoy jujitsu more. That's wow. awesome advice. Yeah. Which, which I have to say, I mean, we, we've had the pleasure of not only meeting you um, and, and being at your academy multiple times, we've met a, a good number of your affiliations. Um, and, and definitively speaking, I mean, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed every person I've ever met um, from from your affiliation, um, I mean, to the point where I mean, they they are some of the some of our favorite Florida people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you guys are part of the family already. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> you guys always here, always doing that for us in the, the seminars. They came to uh, help us here on the the, the hurricane seminar. It was awesome. No, having stuff that you do, or having you use that like. No, thank you. Nice. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a really special day. Actually, I really 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 had uh i mean wish you know i wish days like that would come more often without having to be on the tail end of a hurricane or something of that nature um you know and so like when 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 we were able to go down and enjoy the christmas party with you guys you know and the like i mean those those were truly some special days. There's some somberness, obviously, when we're doing the, the hurricane relief seminars and the like. So unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, it's on the tail end of, of like the Bahamas being 
devastated and, and places in, the, in Florida being devastated as well. But that, that was a really incredible day. Um, you know, definitely enjoyed, you know, being able to go down and, and be part of that. Mm -hmm. um, my highlight of that day was being able to show something. And then Jacques Array goes, can I see that again? <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> that, 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 that was actually, uh, uh, you know, it, it kind of touched me a little bit. That, uh, yeah, I have you used a lot of your, your Kimura from pressure. I have you used that a lot. Thank That's you. in my game right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe use this opportunity if people uh, want to get a hold of you for seminars or if you have um, DVDs out, obviously your academies, to kind of uh, give out your uh, information for like social media and how to contact you. Yeah, like the Instagram is Renato Tavares1. Facebook is uh, Renato Tavares BJJ. And like, uh, like I said to you guys and everybody, like Vero Beach here is a home for everybody that likes jiu-jitsu, you know? We don't have flags here, we don't have nothing like this, politicians, no, nothing. Come here, enjoy, your match is always open to having fun and, and learning jiu-jitsu and share jiu-jitsu and share the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. And, you know, like the, the I, for me, like I said, like, for learning from you and moments like that, that we did for the hurricane, I think we, we should do more. You know, yes, sir. Find oh, all the causes to do. I have the stuff that I do, go to Nicaragua to building houses and have so many people that we can help. Just put a nice group that the way we did and let's help somebody else, you know? Yes, sir. And do do better, you know? I think we can do so much and bring the community Jiu-Jitsu, learning this lifestyle, enjoy Jiu-Jitsu, have a good time, you know? Absolutely. You know we'd be in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to say thank you so much for the opportunity you know, to, to, to talk to you guys. And Absolutely. and you guys well, know you here, you guys have a, have a, a house here too. It's your family, it's your gym. You know, you guys are always welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Like I said, you, you guys are always amazing. Um, you know, it, it's it's definitely one of those where of, of all, I mean, we've, we've met and trained with a lot of people, you know, all, all over the U.S. and the like. Um, you know, but definitively your, your group, you know, always treats us, you know, truly as, as if we're part of the family and it, it really makes us feel special. You, you know, are, you are, you know, you are. <laughs> so. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate thank you. it. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll awesome. definitely, we'll definitely, as soon as this thing is over with and everything else, we'll, we'll try to get something together. Um, put together a post coronavirus epic seminar. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. Awesome. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> awesome. All right, bro. Thank you so thank much. You, Have a great night. You too. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lawson. And your other host, Melissa Lawson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just nope. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.